What's up, guys? We're back for week two matchups. It's me and Garrett here again. Uh, we're going to get right into it with uh, starting off with my matchup against James. Uh, Garrett, I'll let you start off with any comments you have there. I think you're in for a win this week in what I expect to be a pretty close matchup. Uh, that's dependent. I guess a lot of it's dependent upon whether or not Freeman plays and what you can do in your flex to, to swap them out, but I think Jordan Howard and Trey Burton are going to have really big games. I think Fitz is going to come back. Uh, Crowder's due for another big game after kind of being a little bit quiet against the Cardinals. Um, I just don't trust a lot of people on James's team. I think Galday could have a pretty big game. Diggs is likely to tear it up, but uh, Gronk, his best player for sure, is going to be locked up by Jalen Ramsey. So I think he'd come out with a win this week. Yeah, I, I think it'll definitely be a close matchup. You know, Mahomes, I don't think you can expect him to repeat a performance like last week. You know, his efficiency was really low, and two of his uh, passing touchdowns are technically rushes. You know, he just drops the ball in their hands, and it counts as a passing score. But, you know, I, I think he'll be a solid quarterback through the year, but I don't expect him to light up the Steelers necessarily. But I think, you know, Roethlisberger, if his elbow isn't an issue, could have a really big week. Definitely worried about A.J. Green tonight, you know. Uh, Baltimore's always had a solid pass D. Um, you know, and like you said, Diggs is going to tear it up. Um, you know, Gronk, I-, I think he'll have, you know, some solid coverage on him. But, you know, Brady last week passed into tight coverage 25% of the time, and most of those passes were to Gronk in double coverage, and he does what he does. And over Gronk's last seven healthy games, he's averaged 24.6 PPR points. So I'm definitely scared about Gronk no matter what, and I need Trey Burton to turn it around. Uh, like you said, my real issue is Devonta Freeman, whether or not he plays. And the problem with that is, you know, my obvious replacement would be TJ Yeldon if Fournette is down. But Yeldon uh, plays at 430 and Fournette is saying it's a game time decision and Devonta goes at one. So I'll be faced with a tough decision that morning. But uh, I mean, I, I definitely think I have the edge here, but it could definitely go either way. I think it'll be a tight. Right. I mean, you mentioned the stat about Brady throwing to Gronk a lot, but I think there's a big difference between. Uh, tight coverage in Houston versus tight coverage at Jacksonville. Um, I think, and I guess, you know, you could tell me a little bit about, do you think David Johnson could blow up this week? Cause I feel like that's really the only thing that could save James this week. Um, you know, I, I think if they use him in the passing game, which is about all they're going to be able to do with that Rams defense. Um, but, you know, if they can get him working and kind of keep them from having to stack the box so often, and be able to kind of get some pressure off, I think he could definitely have a solid week. But if he has, you know, a 20-point week, it's going to come through, you know, receptions in the passing game for sure. Right. And I guess he's been dealing with a little bit of a back injury, which makes me hesitant. But if I thought he was a full go, I think I would be a little bit more hesitant in my pick. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. To next one for me is Andrew and Jake's matchup. Two strong teams last week that really showed they have some juice. So uh, I think it's definitely going to be a shootout. I mean, quarterbacks alone are going to, you know, compete to hit 30 points this week. I mean, Rodgers will definitely have the tougher matchup in Minnesota, but he's Aaron Rodgers, you know, and throwing out of the shotgun as much as he has been with his knee, I think he'll definitely hit a couple bombs maybe. You know, he had three solid receivers, and there's only one Xavier Rhodes. So uh, what do you think? Well, I think the biggest question here is, do you think Emmanuel Sanders can repeat his godlike performance against Oakland this week? 
against Oakland, I think it's definitely possible. Their defense doesn't scare you at all, you know. Uh, Jared Goff picked them apart last week, so um, I'm really not scared about that matchup for Sanders. Uh, you know, T.Y., the big question for Andrew is, is he going to be shadowed by Josh Norman? But Josh Norman typically doesn't shadow, if I remember right. You can you probably know more about that than I do. Right. He doesn't really – I mean, he, he will occasionally, like if it's an Odell or something, but um, I think they've been playing a little bit more zone recently. Uh, I think I'll go – I mean, Michael Thomas is in line for a really huge game against Cleveland this week at home. Um, I think, you know, Norland's going to be looking to bounce back and play big after a pretty surprising loss. Um, I think the biggest question with Andrew's team is his running backs. Royce Freeman was kind of really, you know, like you mentioned last week, he was pretty efficient, but definitely out-touched by uh, Disley. Um, and then, Philip Lindsay. What's his name? Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. I'm Will Will Disley is the tight end for the Seahawks that blew up. I refuse to call a man in the NFL Lindsay, but okay. Uh, and then Carlos Hyde, I think, you know, that Cleveland backfield's kind of a mess. Their offensive line's kind of shot. Um, and then Pierre Garcon didn't really do too much, but it's hard to say against Minnesota. This week he's got Detroit, uh, but I think he's definitely going to be relying on a huge game from Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think Jake's got, you know, some pretty safe floor in Kittle and Jack Doyle. They both have pretty solid tight end matchups this week. You know, like you said, uh, the Philip Lindsay and uh, Royce Freeman battle is going to be interesting, you know, to see who ends up with the more points there. They both had the exact same rushing line last week, uh, but Royce Freeman faced stack boxes 67% of the time last week, and Lindsay only had 40% stack boxes. Both are really high numbers but it kind of shows that Freeman was able to, you know, put up a more, you know, impressive day compared to the defenses he was facing. But Lindsay has, you know, a lot more potential in the passing game. So it'll just be really dependent on game script. But against Oakland, I can see Denver getting up and just feeding Freeman the ball. Um, I can definitely see Schuster having a big week for Jake. You know, all three of his receivers have really big blowout potential. You know, and if you can get like kind of like we were saying with Andrew last week, uh, if he can get like a safe floor out of his running backs and then, you know, the tight end flex, I think his receivers can really blow up. Um, and, you know, obviously, and the big question for Andrew is Amari Cooper again, you know, last week sucked and, you know, they have been moving him around to the slot. He was in the slot 45% of the time last week, but Denver has the best slot corner in the league and Chris Harris. So I, I think it's going to be another down week for Amari, but I don't think it's going to be, a horrible season you know I don't know if you saw Gruden's comment that uh Amari was getting open down the field when they reviewed the tape on multiple plays and he kind of chastised Derek Carr for not throwing you know and just taking the short play and kind of pussying out a little mm-hmm. bit so I can definitely see you know Amari is a separation freak so even up against the quarterbacks I can see him getting a couple deep shots and Carr you know not wanting to get yelled at again is gonna you know chuck the ball and hope that you connect you know so I can I can see a shit week or a huge week for Amari Cooper just depending on how it goes you could have said that same thing about Amari Cooper at any point over the last three years and it would be true (laughs) that's the mystery of Amari Cooper it's either gonna be three points or 42 magically Uh, I think it's gonna be another pretty quiet week for him you know, you mentioned the comments about wanting to get the ball to Cooper Moore and all those things about Gruden and Carr playing pretty badly. Uh, Denver can hear that too. And they're definitely going to be shading, you know, Cooper's good at getting separation, but with guys like, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Chris Harris. And they have, you know, pretty good quarterback, pretty good core of linebackers there. And obviously you have to deal with Von Miller 
getting pressure up. So I feel like they'll stick to their original game script against the Rams, trying to run the ball, make it a slow paced game. And Cooper's, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get downfield shots. It's definitely a possibility. Um, all right, I'm ready to move on to the next one if you're ready. Yeah, I think I would go with Andrew just because I think that James White, who had a really good week for for Jake last week, is Scott Jacksonville this week. Uh, can't see him repeating. And I think even though Sanders has a good matchup, he's not going to have as great of a week. So I, I feel pretty confident picking Andrew this week. Um, I think Andrew as well, just because I, I feel more confident in his running backs and, you know, tight ends to put up solid points. Um, but I actually kind of disagree with James White because, you know, when the Patriots can't throw in those situations, they really use the running backs a lot. You know, they use the running backs better than a lot of teams in the in the league in the passing game. So I could see James White at least putting up six receptions. You know, that 12.4 is definitely there. True. I guess it depends a lot on if Burkhead plays or not. Right. That's true. All right, up next we have you versus your father. Oh, man. You really fired Tom Brady up against Jacksonville. You get that lovely matchup to start out with. Um, you know, I think Watson could definitely struggle this week, but he's got a lot, you know, uh, worse of a defense to go up against. So I, I think he'll put up a respectable, you know, score with his rushing numbers. Uh, Odell Hopkins, you know, there's not much to say about those guys. They're going to, you know, get their targets. It was concerning to see how inaccurate – Sean Watson was, but uh, you know, it, Hopkins had a horror—not a horrible game, a disappointing game last week, and that was a 15-point game. So, I mean, you can't really ask for much more out of them. Uh, you know, you have more talent on your receivers, I think, whereas your dad has a lot more, you know, questions with Randall Cobb and Aguilar. But they could both easily, just as easily, blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real, you know, hard sell for your dad is uh, Corey Clement, you know, in the running back spot. That's, you know, you're basically touchdown or bust there. Right. Um, both solid at tight ends. You know, you're got to see if Marquise Goodwin can play. But if he does, then, you know, they're basically Marquise Goodwin and Ted Ginn and your flex spots are two, you know, long touchdown potential guys who, you know, they could get some underneath routes, but you're really hoping for that score. So it's hard to predict who's going to get what. Right. Uh, to your point about Hopkins having a sort of, I mean, average for him, but above average for anyone else. Week last week, he was doubled on like 80% of his time in the red zone last week. Every single time, New England shade up the safety, put a corner on him, and he was just doubled everywhere. So I think he's due for a much bigger week in Tennessee. I think Dallas is going to do everything they can to stop Odell, but, you know, he's Odell. Uh, Cobb is not going to face near, you know, I love the Packers, obviously. Scared about this week's matchup with the Vikings, but there's no way he gets that many points against that Vikings defense. Um, and then Aguilar has a really nice matchup at Tampa, but I have Ertz, who was pretty below average last week, but had a ton of targets that he just dropped. Uh, it was kind of a difficult matchup against the Falcons and weird weather and stuff. Um, but I think he does a lot better this week in Tampa. Kelsey, I think, is the biggest question mark for my dad. Uh, he spent a lot of his draft budget on him. Obviously a really good player, but there's just so many weapons on offense. And with a new quarterback, you always question, you know, how that relationship develops. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and the Steelers only gave up two touchdowns to tight ends the entire season last year. Mm-hmm. So that's not a matchup you really want to be looking at. Um, 
I'm not worried about Dallas's defense at all against Odell. I mean, they put Jalen Ramsey on him, and he still put up 12, what, 11 or 12 catches for over 100 yards. So that doesn't concern me. And then what you said about Hopkins is definitely true because Bill Belichick is notorious for picking the best player on the opposite team and just selling out to stop them. So, you know, it was no question that, you know, Hopkins was going to see double coverage most of the time. So I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. And I didn't mean to, you know, give that impression of. Right. Yeah, I think obviously I'm going to pick myself in this match. Yeah, I mean, you're the clear um, favorite here. Yeah, because we haven't talked about James Conner yet, who's got Kansas City this week. Definitely going to be feeding the ball a lot, especially with Ben Roethlisberger kind of questionably hurt or whatever he is all the time. Uh, so I think he's due for another big week. Yeah, I mean, as long as Le'Veon's out, you can bet on him having, you know, 15-plus points every week almost guaranteed unless something happens, you know. Yep. All right, next matchup is David versus Joseph. You want to start this one off? Well, obviously, I overvalue Joe's team because he, you know, put the whipping on me last week. Uh, but I don't think anything really changed from this week. AB's got a dream matchup against Kansas City. Alex Smith has Indy. Kamara's got Cleveland. Like, it's really a dream scenario for Joe this week. Perfect storm. I think he's, you know, definitely a pick for high score this week. Even Adrian Peterson against Indy, I think he could definitely surpass the projection based on how he performed last week. Um, so I think far and away, Joe's got the win here, unless Quincy Nunwa is the second coming of Megatron. Yeah, um, I think, like you said, Joe has dream matchups this week, and I think this is one of the few weeks where you can play Peterson and Thompson, and it's not a horrible move. You know, just like Coleman and Freeman have had their weeks where you can play them both. Um, Peterson, the one concern is, like we saw last year, almost every other week he would have a down score after having, you know, 20-plus carries because his body just can't take it like he, you know, used to. And he had 26 carries last week, so that's just a lot of wear and tear on an older guy. And um, I do, you know, expect Andrew Luck to be able to answer some points. So I wouldn't be surprised if Thompson gets, you know, a higher score than Peterson. But he's definitely got a solid floor. And the guy, Tyreek Hill and Alvin Kamara, I've given up on trying to, you know, say that they are going to statistically regress. You know, they both, at least at this point, have shown that they're freak athletes who, you know, break the mold and, you know, aren't necessarily always going to regress to the memes that other players put up. I mean, after watching Tyree kill mm-hmm. last week, he looks like he's playing against high schoolers. So you got to admit, just terrifying. You gotta, it's just weird to watch him run. It, it looks like your screen is broken. And, you know, Mahomes with the fact that he can flick his wrist and get, send a bullet 10 yards. Uh, it, it's a really dangerous connection there. Um, you know, David, obviously his receiving core this week is a thousand times better than last week, but it's still not one that you want. You're comfortable rolling out every week. Um, you know, Chris Godwin, I think, is a solid receiver. Brandon Marshall is old as fuck, but he can put up touchdowns he's shown, you know. And Anunu, I actually think, is a really underrated guy. Um, yeah, I agree. He's underrated, but he's the first one listed underneath the quarterback. <laughs> well, there's no real other options. Um, you know, his no. running back core is obviously going to be great. And I think McCaffrey is going to be the biggest uh, benefactor of Olsen going down. You know, uh, Funch is obviously going to get a target boost, but McCaffrey last year, uh, the difference between his games with and without Olsen was significant. You know, he'd get about three more catches per game, 10 more, you know, uh, receiving yards per game. Uh, you know, he just had a lot more, you know, production with Olsen out. So I think David's in for a solid running back week. I think I think he's kind of – his team is about the opposite of Andrews right now. 
where if his running back or if his uh, receivers can put up just a respectable score, I think his running backs could definitely win him the week. But when you're playing against Joe, you could get dunked on by 250 points. So, yeah, I think you know it would take pretty exceptional weeks from Zeke and McCaffrey. I don't think Dalvin Cook is yet ready to go back to the 25 per game he was having last year. Not yet, at least. Uh, I don't think Jared Cook is ever going to produce as many points as he did last week ever again in his entire career. So, yeah, Jared Cook has scored even... like over 15 points in like 16 of like 67 games, I think, and scored under seven PPR points in about 50 of them. So, it's you know, there's he's, no he's, he's a talented guy, but he just doesn't, he, he, he can't consistently produce you know he, he'll blow up every now and then it, it's even to the point where his madden scores are mediocre and his big play rate is like a 99 you know he's just break out every once in a while and that's all he's good for you know yeah i think if the giants are smart they're gonna sell to stop zeke and i think his his ceiling is kind of capped this year as well just because of the lack of offense around him the offensive line troubles they're having so unless McCaffrey gets 10 catches for 200 yards, there's no way that David wins this week. Fair enough. All right. We'll next move on to Hop versus George. Um, you know, two solid quarterbacks. You got Cam against Atlanta, which will be, you know, definitely an easier matchup than it looked like last week with two of their, you know, better defensive players going out for the season. Uh, I think the Chicago defense is really going to surprise people this week. Um, and, you know, really kind of bottle up Russell Wilson. I think his legs and, you know, he'll, he'll definitely get at least a touchdown probably, and that'll give you a respectable score. But I don't see a 30-point week out of Russell Wilson like you might have expected last year in Chicago. Um, you know, Keenan Allen versus uh, Adam Thielen, you know, two kind of reception guys. But Keenan Allen clearly has, you know, the better matchup. I think the Chargers will just dunk all over uh, Buffalo. Um, you know, Marvin Jones and Chris Hogan are kind of similar players where they don't get a lot of receptions, but they have a lot of, you know, touchdown potential. However, you know, Hogan's against Jacksonville, which really scares me. Um, you know, Hop's definitely got the advantage in the wide receiver three with Robinson, who definitely, you know, it looked like last week he's going to be involved. Uh, Gurley is a monster. There's nothing to say about that. Big question for George is obviously Fournette's health. You know, I'm surprised he didn't spend up a little more to try and get TJ Yeldon, but he might be confident that Fournette will make it through. Um, I really think Josh Gordon is a really good play this week. Um, you know, the Saints got roasted by the deep ball last week, and Josh Gordon is far more talented, you know, than any of the guys on the Bucks. So he may not be as fast as Deshaun Jackson, but he, you know, can go up and get it over anybody's head. So I, I think he's – and with the – I think the over-under in Vegas is roughly like 51. They're expecting it to be a shootout. So mm-hmm. I, I really think he's going to snag at least one touchdown. Yeah, that's going to be a really messy game. Uh, New Orleans looks like the New Orleans of two years ago and not the New Orleans of last year. Uh, to your point about the wide receiver three matchup, A-Rob versus Sterling, I think Shep- you forget that Shepard was against A.J. Bouye last week against a really tough Jags defense. Teams are definitely, like I said earlier, Dallas is going to do everything they can to try and stop Odell, and then you got to worry about Barkley. So I think Shepard has that kind of – you know, short to medium range passing game sort of locked up, you know, with Evan Ingram. But I think he's kind of an under – he saw seven targets last week. I think he could easily see more this week. Uh, Lamar Miller, always a safe play. <clears throat> Hop's really kind of in a pickle trying to start concussed Burkhead versus Jacksonville this week. Um, New England's backfield situation is always a mess. 
Jacksonville's pretty tough. He might not even play. Yeah, I mean, um, he has Bowell Powell there, so I'd expect to see that substitution probably made. Um, and I think Powell's a guy who will give you a solid 10.4. He'll get some receptions, and Miami showed that they can put up all right numbers. I mean, the Jets' defense made the Lions look silly last week, but I don't expect them to be that strong. I mean, I'm playing the Jets' defense myself, so I obviously believe in them, but I think Powell can, you know, uh, clearly, you know, uh, what I'm saying is I think it, it's going to be a higher-scoring game, and uh, I think Powell will definitely get some receptions. I don't think they're just going to have to run out the clock with Crowell. I disagree. I mean, Crowell out-touched Bilal last week. Obviously, Powell's a better receiver, but I think they're going to try and run the ball a little bit more, get Darnold into a little bit more play action, uh, especially with the Nunwa and trying to incorporate Jermaine Curse back in the lineup. I think they're going to be looking down the field a little bit more and not dumping it off quite as much. Um, I would cautiously pick... No, I'm definitely going to pick George in this matchup. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually, you know, you it's a big misconception there after everybody watched that Jets game with Powell and Crowell. Powell actually out-touched Crowell. Uh, Powell had 13 touches to Crowell's 10. You know, Crowell's big touchdown really made it seem like he had a huge night. And without that, he still would have had, you know, nine rushes for 40 yards in, in a touchdown, which is a solid floor as well. But I just, what I'm saying is I think, you know, either one of those guys uh, can give you at least, you know, a placeholder that's not going to let you down. And meanwhile, you know, Crowell mm-hmm. could definitely just run into some stacked boxes, whereas Powell is going to get at least two or three catches, I would say. True. I mean, I think it's all skewed because they played the joke of a Lions team last week. Crowell actually saw more snaps than Powell. I guess he might touch, Powell might touch the ball more, but Crowell saw more snaps. Um. I think Kenyon Drake actually is in line. They for, actually played the same exact think? amount of snaps as well, twenty-four to twenty-four. Yeah, really. I thought I thought it crawled a little bit more, but to your point, the Jets' defense looked really good last week. They knew all the plays or whatever Matt Stafford was trying to do last week. Obviously, I think Drake's in line for a bigger week against the Jets this week. So, I, I think my pick is my pick of George is kind of dependent upon if Fournette plays. If he doesn't, then. Hop might have his first win of the season if everything goes completely right. right. Yep, I, I think George has the advantage if Fournette's in. Um, all right, we'll move on to the last matchup here. We got Kurt versus Jay. Um, I'll let you kick off this last one. Before I get into the matchup, I just want you to look, everyone in the league, just look at who Jay has on his bench currently as I'm looking at this. Devontae fucking Adams is on Jay's bench. I mean, he said he's got a shoulder injury, but he says it's feeling fine. He's totally fine. He could be playing Minnesota, Jacksonville. You don't bench Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver unless, even if Aaron Rodgers is out, I'd still play Adams over someone like, you know, Tyler Lockett against Chicago. Yeah, I mean, he's also got Brandon Cooks on the bench, and I understand, like, being afraid of Patrick Peterson, but you literally have the choice between Brandon Cooks and Tyler Lockett who are two deep ball threats, and that's, you know, roughly all Tyler Lockett has shown so far. Lockett had four targets last week. Cooks had something like six or seven. You know, I mean, if you're going to go with a deep ball guy as your wide receiver three, why not go with Cooks and take a shot on the better talent? You know, I think there's a lot of roster moves that need to be made here. (laughs) Also, he's sticking with the Tennessee experiment against Houston. Why wouldn't you just move Collins into the RB spot and – put in two of those amazing receivers you spend a lot of money on. Uh, Mike Evans has a really tough matchup against Philly. 
I don't think Kane Stills is reliable for that amount of points every single week. And then, you know, Mike Williams is kind of a dart throw. Yeah, I think Mike Williams put up even against Buff even against Buffalo. I think it's kind of tough to tough to rely on him. At this I think point. he'll put up safe numbers, and he's always a touchdown threat. Uh, Kenny Stills. I mean, you can't expect him to repeat two touchdowns on four catches. Um, Melvin Gordon is a PPR monster, and Joe Mixon last week tore it up. So I think he'll you know hopefully get some production tonight. But it's hard to tell against Buffalo. I mean, uh, against Baltimore since they just played Buffalo last week, who look like high schoolers. Um, Kyle Rudolph is definitely concerning that he only got one target. Um, but I think Cooper Cup is a really strong guy. I mean, he's a slot receiver who's also the best red zone mm-hmm. weapon. So that's really uh, a right. recipe for <laughs> points. Um, Alex Collins, you know, he hit last week was a little concerning, but the fact that they just had a Dixon on IR means that they really can't go away from him. You know, if, you know, his problem was that if he fumbled again, you know, they have a chance of turning to Kenneth Dixon, but now that he's gone, they basically are forced to stick with Collins as the only real talent on the team. I mean, uh, Buck Allen is definitely going to get work, and he they love to put him in on the goal line. But in terms of starting and getting the, the first and second down carries, I think it's, you know, Collins is pretty much stuck with the role now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I love Cup this year. It was clear that Goff has that connection with him with Cook stretching the field. Woods and kind of intermediate and Cup always on the kind of curl routes or underneath stuff without a lot with a kind of lack of a tight end in that Rams offense. Uh, I think Gordon could easily go for the top score in RB this Definitely. week. He could get he could get forty five this week against Buffalo. I expect to see Kurt sub uh, Corey Davis in for either Kenny Stills or Mike Williams, provided that you know Mariota is playing and Davis's injury isn't serious, which he's saying it isn't. Um, you know, I mean, thirteen targets last week that's a huge uh, you know target share, and you can I mean e- even though he was inefficient with it, you know targets are you know the most uh correlated stat with fantasy points out of anything for receivers you know true yeah no i would definitely put in davis just as i think he's definitely you know the matchup is deceiving like i said mike williams against buffalo but they're not going to be really having to throw the ball a whole ton they're not going to really subject their receivers to that definitely all right well that makes the end of the matchups if you want to uh run through the significant waiver pickups and the trade of the week. Uh, Let's do it. All right. So who, what are the waiver pickups you had written down that you want to talk about? Uh, Philip Lindsay, obviously Jake is a big Broncos fan, spent $16 on a guy who had a good preseason, obviously had a good week one, but there's two other running backs in that backfield. Yeah, I don't. Ex- I don't know. What do you? I think? don't expect uh, Devontae Booker to really take too many touches away. I don't know what uh, Vance Joseph's big obsession with him is and why he's kind of kept him this long instead of cutting him. But I mean, I really think that Philip Lindsay's going to kind of phase him out. Um, you know, he could be kind of like a poor man's Tevin Coleman. I think uh, it, it's not a horrible pick. Um, and Jake is not super strong at running back, so I think it fits his team well. And the guys on Denver. So what do you guys expect? You know. <laughs> True. I mean, I just think that. They've ob- they're obviously got Royce Freeman for a reason. And like you said, he had pretty efficient touches last week. Lindsey outgained him by a ton. But that was also against the kind of, you know, weird defense. It was just a weird week for them. Well, the big thing is that Lindsey gets all the receiving work. So unless that starts to phase into Royce Freeman becoming more of a workhorse, you could see him having, you know. And again, this is all that we're talking about PR specifics. So. Right with, with the receiving game, he could definitely have a solid floor, you know, three catches and 30 yards at the least each week. 
Yeah. I mean, I just don't think he's worth 16, but definitely a valuable pickup. Or 26, sorry. I was been saying 16. It's actually over a quarter of Jake's budget. Yeah, that's a pretty to... hefty price to pay. And I don't know if anybody else would have really did that high. But, I mean, if, if it's a guy you believe in, you got to put out what you think you need to win. So, you know, I don't hate it. Um, what do you have next? So, you know, TJ Yeldon. I really thought I was going to get outbid on Yeldon. I lowered my bid from what I initially put in twice, I think. But uh, the problem with him is that if Fournette's fine, he's pretty much useless. But uh, Fournette's a pretty injury-prone guy, especially with lower body injuries. So as long as I don't need the bench spot, I expect it to you know maybe be playable once or twice. Um, you know, it would be a golden pickup if Devonta goes down and he plays this week. But, you know, there's a lot of variables in there. What do you think? I think you're definitely regretting that Cam Meredith James White trade right about now. Yeah, that was definitely a uh, – panic trade when I had a couple players looking like they were injured and stuff. I really believed in the Cam Meredith hype, you know, and I uh, a lot of people did as well, and I'm surprised that it went the way it did. But, again, I, I don't see myself really starting James White. Even if he, you know, Freeman went down, I had him as a replacement. I'd probably go with a, a different receiver maybe just because the Patriots' backfield is such a mess. But, I mean, would I rather have James White than Cameron Meredith now? Definitely, but I'm not, I don't think the team or that trade is going to be the death of my season. You know, it definitely. Right. Well, that being said, I think Yeldon's a good pickup. Like you said, Fournette is a little bit of an injury prone player. They're going to try and protect him as the franchise back. That team has nowhere to go but to run the ball. And whoever's back there is definitely going to have a pretty safe floor. So, right. I think Fournette, even if, even if Fournette is healthy this week, I think he's a pretty good stash. Right. That's what I'm saying. Even if Fournette comes back this week, I don't expect him to play 15 straight healthy games coming off of like a minor injury, you know? Right. I think the next pickup I wanted to get into was David paying $12 for the lie known as Jared Cook. Right. I already, you know, said before why he's not really a reliable guy. And I don't I don't know if anybody else would have bid that much on him. You know, you can't really buy into one game that heavily, especially with the kind of player that he is. He'll do this every once in a while. Um, It was definitely a little too high of a bid. But if you need the help, you got to do what you got to do. I personally would have gone for uh, Delaney Walker's replacement. I don't know if anybody picked him up just because I think he has a better chance of reliable production than Jared Cook. Uh, Janu Smith, I think his name is. And mm-hmm. He's actually still on the wire right now. But, yeah, I think if you're going for a week-to-week tight end that you're going to play and not stream, you might as well get the replacement for the guy you, you dropped and see how he turns out. Or the guy who got it. I think David was just still in shock from seeing Delaney Walker's foot backwards and then just watched the Monday night game and thought that Jared Cook was the new Delaney Walker for a second and then – Somehow bid $12 on him by accident. Jared Cook's eyeballs look like they're falling out of his head. Did you see that? I'm on the bench. I mean, if you look at this picture, man, his eyes are bugging out of his head. He looks like Beetlejuice. I did not notice that. Here, look at his picture. It's crazy. Everybody who's listening, look up a picture of Jared Cook. He has massive eyeballs. I think it's just the shape of his eyes or something. Like that little bag under his eyes makes it more pronounced. But He looks like a black Bart Simpson kind of. <laughs> I could see that, actually. All right. Is there any other waiver pickup? Uh, Brandon Marshall, I think it was a really smart pickup by Dave. Yeah, um, he's the team. Jimmy Graham, had, Jimmy Graham had 10 touchdowns last year. Obviously, he had Doug Baldwin go out for maybe five to six weeks. Um, Russell Wilson's a really great quarterback. 
even though Lockett's like the hot pick right now because he got that big deal, he's a little bit more physically gifted, he's way younger than Brandon Marshall. I think Mar- people forget that Marshall was out all of last year and was fairly productive the year before. And just being that big body. Right, he's a huge guy, you know. Right, and having the footwork, you know, getting just even a time based separation, Russell's going to get the ball to you. And when they're in the red zone, they don't have a regular, really great back to rely on yet. So I think Marshall's in a pretty prime spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. On most teams, it'd be a tough decision to start him just with his history of, you know, giving you flop games. But David is the team who could start him confidently, you know, and if he gets four points out of him, it's better than the goose egg he got last week. So <laughs> he was the perfect team yeah. to, you know, do the Marshall experiment. I think he's, I think he's going to, obviously he's still going to have flop games, just being an older player and not going to bring it every week. But I think he could surprise for a couple of weeks of like, you know, 15 to 20 points. Yeah, definitely. I can see. He's a touchdown threat for sure. I can get him seeing two touchdowns in a game easily if it's a shootout. Uh, last, we'll talk about your trade with David. Yep. Um, I mean, David offered me Tom Brady. I'm sure he was shopping him around in the league. And, you know, I gave my argument against him personally, um, I think, on last week's podcast, just with how often he puts up wide receiver one – or not wide receiver one, sorry, QB one games where he's in the top 12 – Right. And it hurt. I I really like Will Fuller. I think, you know, last year he obviously had really huge games with Sean Watson in. He's a bit injury prone, but his talent's undeniable. He's one of the fastest guys in the league for sure. Um, yep. I think depending on how Deshaun plays out, he could have a really big year, especially opposite someone like Hopkins without a big tight end over the middle to get to kind of take away those touches. Uh, so it hurt to give him away, but it was pretty – it hurt me to see my friend David – have such a pitiful receiving core. Yeah. I mean, for David's sake, I hope he does pretty well this year. All right, so we can wrap it up. We'll just go through um, each matchup and just each give one more time our pick for the winner and one short comment if you'd like to about the matchup. So we'll start with mine. Um, I guess I got to, in a close matchup, pick myself. I think it's going to be really close, and I'll pick you as well. Did you say something? It just cut out. Oh, I said I will pick you as well, dependent on if Freeman plays or not. Okay. Yeah, I'll edit around that. Next, uh, Andrew versus Jake. Um, This is going to be another tight one. Two teams with a lot of blow-up potential. I'm going to go with Andrew just because he has a little bit of a safer floor in the receiver tight end flex spot. But other than that, I I could see it going both ways. I am pretty confident in my pick of Andrew. I think Michael Thomas has a big week and Jake's guys don't. All right, next we have you versus your dad. Um, I think this one, you're the pretty clear favorite here. So unless your dad makes some drastic changes in his lineup, you know, I'm going to go with the chalk on that one. I'm definitely going to pick myself. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I'm going to pick myself. All right. Uh, next up, David versus Joe. I got to give Joe the nod here just because his team showed last week what it can do on a good week. Um, and David is just so weak a receiver that I can't yet pick him to blow up over Joe. Joe's going to have the highest score this week in the league, period. All right, next up, we got Hop versus George. Hop gets his first win if Fournette doesn't play. Um, I think I'm going to go with Hop as well. Definitely Fournette doesn't play. And even if he does, I think the shootout potential with the Browns in New Orleans, uh, I think Gordon goes for a deep ball. 
and float top steam over by maybe a 10 point margin. Um, and then last we got Kurt versus Jay. I'm going to have to go with Kurt here. Uh, Jay, if he switches up the Tennessee experiment here, uh, I think he has some solid potential and fixes what's going on with Devonte Adams. But right now, as it stands, I think I got to give it to Kurt because he showed what he can do last week. Jay, if you sober up, fix your lineup, you'll win. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, we're at 43 minutes, pretty much right on schedule with last week. So uh, we're going to keep to this schedule as long as it works for everybody with the Tuesday matchup recaps and then the Thursday matchup previews. Um, like I've always said, any of you guys are welcome to join. We were hoping to have Andrew tonight, but he had a work conflict. Um, I'm not going to you know, seek you guys out just because there's so many people, but anybody is welcome to hit me up and join whatever episode you'd like to, or we'd be happy to have you guys. Yeah, definitely. It'd be fun to have a bunch of people on here talking about their teams and stuff. So good luck to everyone except for my dad. Yep, good luck, guys.